If you'd like to spend some time with real people with a real heart for God, we welcome you to visit us at Harvest Church in Alexandria, Virginia. Our Sunday morning services are held at 1030, and our Family Night Fellowship takes place on Wednesday at 7 p.m. Come experience God's awesome, life-changing power as we worship in His presence, fellowship with one another, commit to discipleship, and share God's love through evangelism. For more information or directions, visit HarvestNova.com. That's HarvestNova.com. Romans chapter 5 will begin with verse number 1. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings. Because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. The title of my message today is How God Develops Us. How God Develops Us. After detailing in earlier chapters how uh, Christians are justified by faith in, in Christ, in verses 1 and 2 here of Romans 5, uh, Paul tells us that our position in Christ is secure. Aren't you thankful for that today? Because we've been justified, we have a secure position. And he says, uh, the result of that is we have peace with God. And he says in verse 2, we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. What does he mean by that? Well, the hope of the glory of God. We rejoice uh, in our glorious future with God in eternity because our position in Christ is secure, being justified by faith. But then in verses 3 through 5, Paul talks about this life on earth and how God develops us. It's wonderful to know that we are secure, that our future is secure in Christ, and we have a glorious future in eternity with him. But what about this life? That's a good question, isn't it? Turn to somebody and say, that's a really good question. Okay. <laughs> you see, uh, when you're saved, when you receive Christ as your personal Savior, then God begins to work on you. Nobody is born either, either naturally or spiritually fully developed. Uh, just like a, a, a newborn baby has to grow from, an in, from its infancy and be developed, so uh, do we spiritually need to be developed. Uh, and so after you receive Christ as your personal Savior, then God begins to develop you into the person He wants you to be. Now, in order for you and I to be formed into the person God wants us to be, first of all, you must receive Christ. You see, some people are trying to develop themselves, but they have no base upon which to do so. I heard a story about uh, a missionary wife who, with her husband, uh, moved into a missionary home on the foreign field. And she wanted it to be, as any uh, housewife would, she wanted it to be as beautiful as it could be. She was used to Western standards, of course, and she looked at the floor and she said, this floor is so dirty. So she said to herself, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to scrub this floor. 
So she got her pail and water and her soap suds and her big brush and she began to scrub the floor and she scrubbed and scrubbed and scrubbed and she mopped and she rinsed and she scrubbed and scrubbed and scrubbed some more and mopped and rinsed and scrubbed and scrubbed and scrubbed some more and mopped and rinsed again. And then she said, I'll never get this dirt off of this floor. And one of the locals who was there said, I can tell you why you can't get this, dirt, this, this floor clean. He said, it's a dirt floor. I almost gave away the, the punchline there. He said, it's a dirt floor. What she was doing was trying to scrub and get the dirt off the floor. It was impossible because it was a dirt floor. And that's what it's like when without Christ, we try and develop ourselves and we try and make ourselves into a good person and someone, uh, you know, that we should be. The starting place is to uh, have that foundation, is to receive Christ. Uh, and, and so uh, that's the starting place. Then once we receive Christ, we're no longer scrubbing that dirt floor, uh, but we have a solid foundation. And on that base, you and I can be developed into, uh, each of us can be developed into the person God wants us to be. So for the next few minutes, let's take a look at how God develops us, how God matures us and develops us into the person he wants us to be. The first thing we need to understand from this passage is the, that the first thing he does is he purposefully allows suffering into our lives. He purposefully allows suffering into our lives. The Greek word translated in verse uh, number three, suffering, uh, we rejoice in our sufferings. The Greek word literally means pressure. It was used of crushing grapes to make wine or crushing olives to make olive oil. It, it has the connotation of being closed in. You ever feel closed in, trapped by your circumstances? We, we call that pressure, don't we? Uh, and, and Paul says something he says, not only do we rejoice, as we said in verse 2, in our hope of the glory of God, but he says in verse 3, we also rejoice in our sufferings. We rejoice in our tribulations, as some translations uh, translate it. We rejoice in our pressure. Why in the world would Paul say something like that? How many of us get really excited? Man, I'm, I'm suffering, I feel pressure, and oh, I'm so excited about it. You say that every day, don't you? Why would he say that? Because Paul knew that God uses suffering to develop us. The sovereign God has a purpose in what he allows. There is value in our suffering. There is value in the pressure that comes our way. For several centuries, down through many dynasties, there was a village known for its exquisite and fragile porcelain. Especially striking were its urns. And when I refer to urns, I'm not talking about a little tabletop urn. I'm talking about an urn as tall as a table, and as wide as a, 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 a living room chair. And they, they made these very beautiful and very fragile urns. Uh, but legend has it that once each urn was finished, there was one final step. The artist would take a hammer and he would break it into pieces. And then he would put it back together using gold filigree in the cracks 
that had been formed by the breaking. What seemed finished wasn't finished until it was broken. Here's a beautiful urn. The, the artist takes a hammer, he breaks it, he puts it together with beautiful gold filigree. He makes it more beautiful than it was before. You see, in our culture, we throw broken things away, don't we? Don't we? You know, uh, how, how many have old appliances and you, or old little gadgets that you don't even know what, you know, they don't work and you hang on to them and you, you get a, in a mood, you throw your junk away. We throw broken things away. Unfortunately, broken people are often thrown away by this world. Aren't you thankful God doesn't throw away broken people? God uses that brokenness. Psalm 51.17 says that God will not despise a broken and contrite heart. There is value in our suffering. There is value in our brokenness. The great preacher Adrian Rogers said that no preacher can ever preach as he ought to preach unless he preaches from a broken heart. He said that no singer can ever sing as he ought to sing unless he sings with a broken heart. No teacher can ever teach as he ought to teach unless he teaches with a broken heart. God allows suffering into our lives for a purpose, to break us so that he can make us into what he wants us to be. See, because until that happens, we're pretty full of ourselves, aren't we? You've heard, you've, you've heard that expression? We're full of ourselves. God wants to break us and make us into a thing of beauty that will be full of him. And so you may feel, be feeling the pressure right now. You may be feeling uh, the, 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 the trials pressing in. Let me tell you, if you'll allow God to do his work in your life, if you'll allow God to form you and develop you into the person he wants you to be, he will use that suffering for his divine purpose. Let God do his work in your life. Let suffering do its work in your life. He purposefully allows suffering into our lives. What's the second thing God does in developing us? He does this. He uses suffering to produce perseverance. It says here in verse 3, um, suffering produces perseverance. The Greek word tra uh, translated into English perseverance means perseverance or endurance or constancy. What do you do when trouble comes? What do you do when you're in the middle of all the pressure? When uh, the artist is seemingly taking a hammer to the urn of your life? The Bible says that you and I are to develop a trait known as perseverance, constancy, endurance. We're not to drop out. We're not to give up. You know, some people, they get saved. We sang about getting saved and what a wonderful thing that is. Can I tell you, there's nothing greater than being saved. Amen? That was a little weak. We got any saved people here. I said there's nothing greater than being saved. Thank you. Thought I wandered into the wrong building for a second. Nothing greater. No greater miracle. And yet what happens? Some people get saved and then trouble comes. And it's too much. And they want to drop out. They want to give up. They try to escape. 
They think, listen, the, the church is not immune to the uh, escapism that the world practices. And people want something to escape, a plane ticket to go far away, a pill, a bottle, a needle, even a gun in some cases. Somehow they want to get away from it all. They want to give up. Other people get cynical. They shake their fists in the face of God. And they turn their back on God. God, how could you allow this, this tribulation, this trial into my life? But what does God want us to do? When the pressure comes, when the tribulation, when the suffering comes, he wants us to endure. God wants to teach you and me endurance. It's his way of developing us. And this perseverance is not just passive. It's not just kind of, you know, go into the fetal position and let all of the trials just overwhelm me. No, it is an active endurance. It's a refusing to give up. You may be here today or watching online and you've served the Lord, you've been saved, and, but the trials are so heavy and, and, and you're just tempted to give up. You're tempted to throw in the towel. You're tempted to say, Lord, I've had enough. Lord, I give up. Lord, I tried, but it's too much. But the Lord wants to help you endure today. How do you build up endurance? By going through a trial. How do runners who run marathons build up endurance? By running. By stressing their bodies to build up their endurance. Tribulation, suffering produces perseverance. On Monday, October 10th, 2005, little Johnny Wilson raised $30,000 for the victims of Hurricane Katrina by swimming from Alcatraz Island to San Francisco's shoreline. The remarkable thing this is that Johnny Wilson was nine years old. He endured the 53-degree choppy, shark-infested water. He finished the 1.4-mile swim in less than two hours to the cheers of his schoolmates who were yelling, Go, Johnny! Go, Johnny! Go! From the shoreline. As Johnny tired from the cold and physical exertion, he kept telling himself, I'm almost there. I'm almost there. Keep swimming. Sometimes we need to tell ourselves, I'm almost there. I'm almost there. I'm going to keep swimming. I'm going to keep fighting. In Luke 22, 32, Jesus said to Simon Peter, he said, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. Can I tell you something? The scripture says that the Lord Jesus Christ is seated at the right hand of the Father and he is ever interceding for us. And just like he prayed for Simon Peter that his faith wouldn't fail, the Lord Jesus is calling out your name and my name to the Heavenly Father and praying for us that our faith doesn't fail, that we don't give up, that we don't throw in the towel, that we endure, that we hang on, that we run a little further, that we swim a little further, that we hang on and trust. God. God wants to build endurance up in us. I had somebody ask me recently about Job. You know, the awful things. Job was a righteous man that God allowed him to endure. I'll never forget something one of our college professors said. My wife will remember this. We were studying the book of Job. He said, it takes a Job to endure a Job's test. 
God knew that Job could endure. How about you today? Do you have that endurance? Do you have that endurance? How do I get it, Pastor Tim? You endure. <laughs> you allow suffering and pressure to do its work, but you say, like little Johnny Wilson, I'm almost there. I'm not going to give up. I'm almost through this trial. I'm almost through this suffering. I'm almost through this, and God's going to help me, and I'm not going to give up. Hallelujah. Whatever you're facing today, whatever you're dealing with today, let me implore you, don't give up. Don't throw in the towel. Don't stop going to church. Don't stop doing ministry. Don't stop reaching out to the lost. Don't stop doing what you know to do. Pastor Tim, it's hard. I know it's hard. But God is building something in you. When you and I hear of great Christian men and women throughout the history of the church and even now in our day and age and we see them doing great things for God, somehow we have this magical idea that, man, everything in life just worked out for them and they just flew to the top. And now they're Christian superstars. You know? Can I tell you that nothing could be further from the truth? They had trials just like you. They had pressure just like you. They had tribulations just like you. But what did they do? They persevered. They let tribulation, they let suffering, they let trials do their work and build endurance in them so that when I face one test, I can face another. The reason uh, David could face Goliath was because he had endured the trial of dealing with the bear and the lion that wanted to destroy his father's flock that he was tending. He said, God help me through them and God's gonna help me deal with this giant. Suffering produces perseverance. Let suffering do its work. What's the third thing we see in how God develops us? It's this, he uses perseverance to produce character. It says in verse, uh, in verse number four that perseverance produces character. The Greek word translated character here, this is very interesting, is the, word, the Greek word dokume. It's a word from which we get our English word document. It speaks of something being documented or certified. The New American Standard Bible translates this, that perseverance produces uh, uh, proven character. Proven character. It refers to someone who has a track record of good character. You can trust in the purity of their character. That's what persevering through suffering produces. It produces proven character. You see, when we refuse to give up, when we say, I'm going to hold on, I'm not going to turn aside, I'm not going to throw in the towel, God is using that to build character in us. So no matter what the trial is, no matter what the test is, we have a proven character, we have a track record. How many know someone uh, whom you hold in such high regard, it, it, you know, they're, they're the very definition of character and integrity. And, and how many know, you know somebody like that? And, and you just, man, if they say something to you, it's gospel. Because they, they, you just trust in their word. If, if you think about going through something, enduring something, and you, you, can, you can talk to them because they've been through it all. And they, 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 they're tested, they're proven. They have a character that is solid. Thank God for people like that in our lives. Amen? 
And God wants to make all of us people like that. I won't ask for a show of hands, but I wonder how many of us are regarded by someone else as that person of high character. That's a sobering thought, isn't it? How many of us could, uh, could, it, uh, could it be said of us that that person, that man, that woman, that's a person of high character, that's a person of proven character, uh, and man, they're, they're, just, they're just rock solid. You see, we should all aspire to be that person, to have that kind of character. Someone said character is how you live when no one's watching. It's who you are. You can only fake character so long. And, and one of the most, one of the most uh, disillusioning things is to, to see someone who has a public uh, persona, has a person of character, and then to find out behind the scenes they're not all that they appear to be. Isn't that, isn't that disillusioning? And so God wants to make us people of character. You know, you know the process of purifying gold. It's, it's heated until it's liquefied and the impurities rise to the top and, and the, the, the refiner uh, will scoop the impurities off the top. And that's the way God purifies us. That's the way God builds character within us. Sometimes a little heat has to be applied because God is building something within us. And it's easy to have the mentality, God, why me? Why now? Why this? On top of this? Instead, and I, I don't claim to be perfect in this, but instead we should have the attitude, God, what are, what are you trying to make in my life? What are you trying to fashion? What are you trying to develop in my life? I mentioned Job earlier, Job 23.10. Job said this, but he, meaning God, knows the way that I take. When he has tested me, I will come forth as gold. You see, God wants to build men, and God wants to build women. God wants to build people of Christian character. How does he do it? Not by scrubbing a dirt floor, but by getting you saved and putting the likeness of Jesus Christ into you, and then God brings pressure, and that pressure produces perseverance, and that perseverance then produces proven, tested character. Character is in short supply these days, wouldn't you say? How many would agree with that? I would love, I would love for it to be said in Kingstown of the people of Harvest Church. Oh, you go to Harvest Church? That, that church on Beulah? Oh man, the people there are awesome. People, I, every dealing I've had with somebody from Harvest Church, man, they're a person of character, they're a person of integrity. There are awesome people there. Wouldn't that be wonderful? I think that's what God wants. He uses perseverance. When we don't give up, he builds character within us. He makes something out of ourselves, out, out of us that we could never make out of ourselves. He uses perseverance to produce character. What's the fourth part of the process? <clears throat> Excuse me, it's this. He uses character to produce hope. He uses character to produce hope. At verse, the end of verse 4 says, character produces hope. The Greek word translated hope here means anticipation, expectation, confidence. 
It does not have our modern sense of the word hope, of you know, wishing or desiring something. Is such and such going to happen? I hope so. I don't know. We're going to have nice weather? I hope so. I don't know. That's not the biblical use of hope. The biblical concept of hope is a, a, a firm assurance that something will take place in the future. It's, it's in the future, but it's as good as done. I, we have a hope. How do we get hope out of suffering, perseverance, and proven character? Well, when we go through these things and we come out the other side, we learn a very important truth, that God is faithful. How many have come through a, a lot of things and discovered that God is faithful? God did not fail. God saw us through. And when that happens, we can say with the Apostle Paul in Romans 8, 38 and 39, I love this, this passage of Scripture. You've heard it many times. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, and just to, 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 have, to cover it all, Paul says, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. You talk about a hope. Hallelujah. We have hope today. When we come through our trials, when our suffering produces perseverance and perseverance produces character, that character will produce hope because we've seen that God will not fail. Heard a story about World War II in the Atlantic Ocean. There was an aircraft carrier out there and they sent up six pilots with their planes to scout for enemy submarines. The night came and the captain aboard the ship said, we're in danger. Uh, I issue this command, every light on this ship needs to be turned off, every one. They said, well, what about the, the pilots, the boys that are out there? He said, turn off every light, no exceptions. And the pilots who'd gone out to do the recon missions, finally, one by one, they started radioing the ship. Uh, turn on a light. We can't, I, I can't see to get back to you. He said, I'm sorry, we have orders not to turn on a light. The second pilot uh, radioed, I, I need to see a light. I need to know where you are. We can't get to you. The, the person on the other end of the communication said, I'm sorry, we have orders. And, and one by one, and all six of those pilots were lost because there wasn't a light to lead them home. There are a lot of people like that who are circling and saying in our world today, oh, someone somewhere give me a light. Where's the light of hope? Jesus Christ is that light, but the Bible speaks of those in Ephesians chapter 2 who are without hope in this world because they don't know Jesus Christ. Do you know people like that? All of us do. And they may, they may seem hostile to the gospel. They may seem, seem disinterested in the things of God. But let me tell you something. They're searching for hope. They wanna, they're circling and they want to see a light in the darkness. And we have that hope. Hallelujah. I love the way it's worded in Hebrews 6.19. It says, we have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. Hallelujah. Thank God for our hope that we have in Jesus Christ. 
When we let God do his work in developing us into the people he wants us to be, we have a hope for ourselves and for all those around us who so desperately need it. I'm thankful for hope today. I'm thankful for hope. And uh, when we have character, that produces hope because we know there's always hope in Jesus Christ. How many have hope today? Thank God. Thank God. The world around us needs to see the light of our hope. Amen? Amen. Conclusion today. As I mentioned at the outset, the first thing we need to realize is that we can't develop ourselves. We must come to Jesus, receive his forgiveness, and surrender our lives to him. We need to stop scrubbing that dirt floor. When we come to him, then he can develop each of us into the person he wants us to be. How does God develop us? He purposefully allows suffering into our lives. Sometimes we question how a loving God could do that, but he does it with a purpose because he wants to make something out of us. Secondly, he uses suffering to produce perseverance, to build our endurance, to enable us to thrive through any difficulty. Thirdly, he uses that perseverance to produce character in us, to make us, to form us into the image of Jesus Christ. I want to be a person of character, don't you? And fourthly and finally, he uses character to produce a hope in us, a firm assurance that God is in control and to bring hope to those who need it in a dark world. This morning, I ask you to realize that God can use anything and everything in your life, anything and everything in your life to develop you. And I ask you to let him make you what he wants you to be. Amen? Amen? Don't give up. Don't give in. Don't turn away. Don't stop. S stay as, as the clay stays on the, the, the wheel of the potter. Stay on the wheel. Let the potter do his work in your life. Let him make you what he wants you to be. Let him develop you into the person he wants you to be.